This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. We're on. Wow, you actually told me we're on today. This is the first. The first of the year, 2018. It's the first day of new turning over leaves and successful stuff. Did you make resolutions, Ken? Or a resolution? Yeah, I did. This year I'm going to start... Uh, relaxing more and I'm going to try and be less angry and less stressed out because nobody likes an angry Ken. Well, some, some like girlies do. Well, know? no, no, no. They like, <laughs> they like a grumpy Ken. Oh. They don't like an angry Ken. And it, and, and it matters that it's a consensually angry Ken. <laughs> yes. Yes. That does matter. <laughs> Cause mean Ken is kind of fun under the right circumstances. It, it can be, <laughs> but it's also stressful on my heart. So I'm going to try That's and true. relax a little bit. Aww. and Try and be a better human being all the way around. Oh, I love you. I love you too. Except for you turn the fucking heat off for this podcast and it's like negative 40 billion degrees below zero. No, Ken, it's five. <laughs> In our poorly insulated apartment. <laughs> and your attitude, absolute zero. Ooh. <laughs> no, we are freezing, but I don't want the listeners to hear the blow. <laughs> like, it's not that's an anti-angel. Tune, that's that's what they tune in for. They want to hear, hear the, the they want to hear the blow. Different kind of blow. Well, well, listeners, you should be happy to know that my testicles are currently in my spleen. Oh. So I stopped making resolutions because I think resolutions have a negative mental impact on my brain. Like I'm going to change and be this whole. Oh, so that person. was a trick. You tricked no. me. No, I didn't trick you. Ken, you're bad. No, no. It's just me my, playing mental games with myself so I feel like a better person and not like a loser. It's just all on me. But I set intentions, which sounds a little woo-woo, like I'm going to set my intentions and I'm not woo, but it's helpful. So I guess my intentions are like more goal setting because I'm a really bad goal setter. So last year, I made a commitment to start using my planner, which I did like half the time. So you that's, did. You're that's, better at it than I was. Yeah, yeah. And what else did I do? Oh, I made a commitment to start the podcast and we did that. So... um you didn't make a commitment to it. I no. kicked you in the butt until you did it. No, oh, I, I did. No, 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 no. You kept talking about it and I talking about doing, it and talking no, no, about no, no, it and no, no, I made no, you no, do no, it. No, 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 no. I did mastermind calls at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. And this was on my goal sheet in January and, and December of, I swear, he's giving me the hand. It is, Ken. You're not in my head. You don't know me in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my head. You don't. It, it was. so. I had th- to threaten and cajole you in order to make you do the podcast no, in a timely fashion. No, no. I did. No, okay. I did. I did. Thank you. What, what about less angry grumpy Ken? <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm grumpy. No, I wanted I'm to cute s- and curmudgeonly. Okay, you are cute and, cute and very curmudgeonly. <laughs> it wasn't that I wasn't going to start it. Is that you, I Ken. wanted? Thank you, Ken. I wanted. Thank to- you, Ken. Thank you. I'm a Ken. Leo. It's all about me. No, you're not. You're Scorpio. I know. I'm being you. Shut up. I'm a Scorpio rising. <laughs> all right. So tell me how you're less woo. Shh. It's just because my mother did my chart when I was little because she was very woo, which is why I'm anti-woo because nobody wants to be like their mother. Anyway, I was had the intention of starting the podcast. You pushed me to put it out a couple of weeks early. Okay, you're making a face. Anyway, th- that's the past, Ken. Thank you, that's Ken. That's the past. Thank, Thank you, Ken. Ken. That's the past. We're looking forward. Into the future. This year... And I, I'm going to concentrate on making more money, which we've been cryptocurrency trading. Like we're a little fanatic about it. It's been fun. I'm also going to concentrate more on growing our business, which a big part of that is still the podcast. So, and I want to make it more successful and bigger and all that stuff. And of course, you all can help listening by subscribing and telling people and all that fun stuff. Oh, and supporting us on Patreon, which 
we acquired three more Patreon supporters this week. What are their names? Thanks, Michelle, Ryan, and Maurice. Thank you, Michelle, Ryan, and Maurice. (laughs) And if you want to be a Patreon supporter, too, some of the perks you'll get, even at the $1 level, is you'll get access to new episodes early, you'll get bonus material, and if you support at higher levels, you'll get more cool stuff. And everyone, no matter whether you're a supporter or not, just you listening, you right there, go over to patreon.com slash American sex because you can listen to this week's guest, Asa Akira, tell a really embarrassing bonus story about the biggest scene gone wrong she's ever had. So head over to patreon.com. And it is fucking hilarious. It's really funny. Patreon.com slash American sex and you can hear it right now. Well, not right now. Listen to the rest of the podcast, then go listen to it. I've got a nose hair tickling my brain right now. It's going up <laughs> into my eye. Oh, this is awful. Yay. <laughs> what the, fu- what? the fuck? I don't know. It's funny because you have a cute face. So, yeah, people have been digging our podcast. We've been hearing all sorts of great reviews, five-star reviews on iTunes. Go read them while Ken sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And there has been a really interesting development, Ken. What happened this week? So I got a text from a friend of mine, and we're going to tell this story, and the names are going to be changed to protect the innocent and or guilty. So my friend is Miss Sparkly Unicorn Butt, and her man friend, we will call him Zach. And she got a text from him a little while ago. She says, hey, and this is a text she sent to me telling me about this story. Hey, last night I had the strangest conversation with this guy I hooked up with over a year ago short story was that we chatted on OkCupid, went on a date, hooked up, and the whole time he was saying all the things that make you feel all squishy. He called me the next day to set up another date, kept me posted right up until the final hour, and then he didn't show up. So I told Miss Sparkle Unicorn, but oh my god, that sucks. So fast forward to last night, and she gets a call from this guy who hadn't contacted her in almost a year, and he says that he is sorry that he disappeared, that he's alive and felt really bad. And Miss Sparkle Unicorn Butt says, I asked him why he called, and he said it was because of this podcast called American Sex, (laughs) and how real the host Sonny and Ken are, and how human they are. And I go, seriously? And she says, yes, I told him Sonny and Ken will love to hear this. And he was kind of confused by this because he doesn't know it, but Miss Sparkly Unicorn Butt is actually a very good friend of ours. I have her picture on my phone and talk to her about every, I don't know, once every three days or something like that. But she's a very good friend, just not very near us as far as physical location. So then she continues on a little bit. She goes, he said, huh, how would you think that? And how will I tell them about this story? And they will love it. So she sent him a picture of the three of us together. Um, so I promise to keep their names out of it. Uh, but the, the short story or the long story shortened a little bit is that our podcast has had an effect on somebody that we know in a weird six degree of separation kind of thing that, you know, she, she had not discussed our podcast with this guy, hadn't had contact with him for an extended period of time since before our podcast started. And then when he heard our episode and we were talking about ghosting people inappropriately, that's what prompted him to call or to text, rather, our friend, Miss Sparkly Unicorn Butt. That's too funny. And I know you're listening, <clears throat> Zach, whatever your real name is. Hi! Hi, Zach. <laughs> Hi, Miss Sparkly Unicorn Butt. <laughs> that is too funny. Wow, it's a small world. It's a very small world. So we help somebody, which is kind of awesome. So now that you, the audience, knows that we can really help, ask us a sex question. If you have a sex question you'd like answered, leave us a voicemail at 773-883-3869, which also spells 773-MUFFTOY, M-U-F-F-T-O-Y. If your topic is selected, we'll play your message on air and then give our expert advice. Also, if you've been listening for a while, you know, and if this is your first episode, oh, get ready for this. Every single month here at American Sex Podcast, we do at least one giveaway for sex toys and accessories for our listeners. So yeah, you get free sex toys just for listening and because we love and appreciate you. So if you're listening to this on release day, which is New Year's Day, you have until tomorrow to enter our December giveaway for the Lalo Sona Cruise sponsored by Castle Megastore. I'll be drawing the winner live on Facebook on my Sunny Megatron page the evening of January 2nd. and 
today also kicks off the start of our January giveaway, our very first giveaway of 2018. And man, is it a good one. What do we got? Castle Megastore has provided a 24 karat gold Crave Vesper necklace valued at $150. So I got my first Crave Vesper necklace last year and I absolutely love it. I wore it when I hosted the O Awards, which is a sex toy awards show in Las Vegas. And I wore it to pretty much everything that I gone to this whole year. So what it looks like, it's a very elegant necklace that you can wear anywhere with a fancy dress or with jeans and a cute top. But what most people don't know is the dangling charm is actually a very intensely powerful bullet vibrator. Man, is it amazing. So it's my go-to toy when I'm traveling or when I'm out and about or whenever. You know, it's a statement piece that looks good just in terms of fashion. But it makes an even bigger statement when you're out with your friends and they know exactly what a perv you are and what that necklace is. It's amazing. And you get the four or the 24 karat gold version, which virgin, 24 karat. When I go to heaven, I'm getting a 24 karat gold version. Why the fuck would anybody want a 24 karat gold virgin? I don't know. I don't know. Inexperienced and not very soft. Give me the the used piece of gum every time. The squishy, (laughs) delicious, cold watermelon. Anyway, yeah, this one is 24 karat gold version. If you want to win this amazing toy or amazing piece of jewelry, I don't know, whatever you consider it, go to SunnyMegatron.com backslash or not backslash, front slash, just slash Vesper. SunnyMegatron.com. I am. (laughs) SunnyMegatron.com slash V-E-S-P-E-R. We'll draw the winner at the end of the month. And thanks again, Castle, for providing such a kick-ass giveaway prize and Listener, if you missed the web address to that or anything that we mention in our show, just go to our show notes at americansexpodcast.com or sunnymegatron.com to get all that info. This week, we have one of the top porn stars in the entire world. In fact, our guest today uh, was voted as one of the top 32 porn stars of all time. And Sonny and I were actually used as people that got to watch the porn and rate and review these people. And we got to do two of those people. One of them was Nina Hartley. The other one was our guest today, Miss Asa Akira. Mm-hmm. Now, Asa is one of the most famous and tiny timely and enthusiastic porn stars that has ever been born. She is absolutely classic. She's going to talk a little bit about her new book, Aserotica, about her butthole, about the prospects of parenthood, about accidental double penetration, all of the realities of reality TV, her new podcast, and a whole lot more. And I just want to say, if you want to see Ken and I talk about Asa and Nina, go to, um, what is it, The Greatest Porn Stars of All Time. It's a Showtime documentary on yes, Showtime. that's correct. And, and watch us and see what we have to say. But now you can hear what and we have to say. see how pretty I am. Yeah, and me too. We look good together in we that do. documentary. We do look good in that documentary. Anyway, but now you get to hear what we have to say with Asa right now. I'm with Asa. Hi, Asa. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, we're wonderful. And we are so excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. There's a bunch of stuff going on, but first and foremost is you have a new book, which is your third book, right? It's true. Um, it's a little bit different than the other two because I'm the editor of this one and it's an anthology written by all porn stars. Okay. So it's, it's like a, your, your own specially curated collection of erotica from a lot of really well-known names. There's Nina Hartley and Joanna Angel and Jizz Lee and a bunch of people. Why? Why did you put this book together? <laughs> um, to be honest, like this was not my idea. Um, the publisher came to me and they were basically like, we want to do a collection of short erotic fiction and um, we want you to curate, edit, collect all the stories. And I'm not going to lie. Like I thought it was going to be a lot harder to find the stories um, than it actually ended up being. So, like, my original plan was to submit five of my own stories and then maybe collect, like, 15 others. Um, and so I just kind of, like, I I didn't do, like, a, like a mass invitation or anything, but I picked, like, my favorite porn stars and the people that I knew were into reading and writing. Um, and I kind of just asked 22 people if they would want to do it, expecting, you know, half of them to say no 
and they all said yes. So um, it was like it, it, it came together like shockingly more easily than I thought. It's really good. We like I said, we've been pouring over it. And in in your foreword and in some of like the reviews and posts online, it was, you know, what do porn stars find erotic? And basically you were saying in the foreword that like people expect porn stars to be superhuman and have these like really out there fantasies. And was the point trying to kind of normalize like, hey, we're just like everyone else in our our fantasies are kind of a spectrum like everybody else's or what was the I think my goal honestly was not so much to normalize porn stars per se but like I kind of wanted to normalize just sexual fantasies in general like I think but normalizing them by saying like nothing is normal (laughs) um and like weird is almost normal right i mean so now that actually kind of makes me want to ask a question because after Mm -hmm. reading each and every one of those stories like a lot of times you have people on your show and you have to blow sunshine up their ass and tell them oh your book was amazing it was fucking great for real as a writer your piece blew me out of the fucking water and i don't want to give away too much because it's such a great (laughs) story so much no for real it was (laughs) it was not what i was expecting in any way shape or form your character development was incredible you touched on issues of sexuality that I never would have guessed that would be something that had I mean I know you as a master of fuck in all of its contexts <laughs> when it comes to everything from porn to just the language that you use as a New York chick like mm-hmm. the word fuck comes out of your mouth a lot what I wasn't expecting <laughs> was this amazing fiction and there were some that I didn't care for but I'll tell you the three that I loved the most were the pieces that were by Casey Calvert uh, yes, story that was one of my favorites and I mean we are a little biased because Casey's She's one of our, our besties but yeah. it's it's it was an amazing piece uh as was the one by jizz lee when they were writing this i would have loved to see them do some kind of science fiction in addition to erotica after reading their piece yeah you know jizz i actually did a um, book reading with jizz and they read the story out loud and it, that was i think that's actually been the coolest part of this whole experience is reading the pe- or listening to the people read their own stories out loud um i did a bunch of different book readings and and different people came to each one. And hearing Jizz's story was like particularly awesome. Angela White, um, her story is like amazing, read out loud. And I actually read her story at a book reading um, instead of reading my own because I just, it's just like such a fun one to read. Oh, it is. Um, the Dana D'Armand story was incredible. Yeah. Too. I mean, Dana's amazing. And like, just. I love Dana's story because it's written exactly how she speaks. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, read it, it and you like, you 100% know this is a true story. Like there's no doubt in your mind. Um, and then Joanna's was also very good. I, Joanna's. Um, no, I had a was question about Joanna's. Was that about Aiden mm-hmm. Starr? It is. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. Sorry. Oh, okay. My mistake. It's not Aiden Starr. It's Aiden Ashley. Oh, oh okay. my bad. Okay. And I love that she like did not change the names or anything. I know because I was like, this is real. It's got to be real, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say about maybe a good third. Uh, no, maybe not even of the stories are true. Um, mine obviously is not. <laughs> if you read it, it's like pretty apparent. And I actually, um, it, it's weird because when I wrote my story, it I didn't start writing it as an erotic fiction. Um, or as erotica at all, um, it, it was like a lot of the sex parts were not in there. It was still a sexual story, but it wasn't like necessarily erotica, I guess. Um, and I wrote it like it's it's it sounds super creepy, but like I started writing it, and this was before um, you know, like I was even gonna do an erotica book. I just like wrote it for the fun of it, but it was based on my grandfather. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> can you? Can you? I don't want to give anything away, so I don't want to say what it's about. But can you say because you know how many spoilers mm-hmm. you want to give away? Can you tell the listeners kind of what the the mood of your story is or set it up? Totally. Um, so it's, it's about a man in a wheelchair. It's told from his point of view. And my grandfather was in a wheelchair for my whole life. I only know him as a quadriplegic. So, um, that it's just, um, 
it's, it's kind of like loosely based on him as a person, you know, he was in an arranged marriage and he had a stroke, um, before I was born. So like, I, I don't know where the, why I started even writing a story about him. I guess I, I actually, I met a man on an airplane, um, that year and we were kind of flirting and he was in a wheelchair. So I had wheelchair sex on the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how else to put it, but like, you know, and obviously uh, with the context of, you know, my grandfather and all this, like I, I just had it on the mind. And so I wrote this story and then this project came along to do the erotic short fiction and, I was like, oh, I kind of want to do this story. So I added to it. That makes sense. Because when I was reading it, first of all, the first, I don't know, couple of pages, I was like, how is this going to turn into sex? First of all. (laughs) But secondly, but it did. But secondly, (laughs) um, I really like from the first word was falling in love with these characters. Like I could really like feel them getting up and, you know, waking out of bed in the morning and the whole thing. And I kind of wanted like, it felt like I was starting to read a full length novel. Yeah. I felt the same way as though it was a good, like a really good short story as opposed to something specialized in erotica. Mm -hmm. And then it became, and then it became fuck town. Yeah. And then it was like, (laughs) fuck twist, fuck town. (laughs) Yeah. Even when I read that story, like um you know in in public like at the readings like when when I start I always find myself like almost you know like a couple minutes into it being like I promise this is an erotica story (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't sound like it right now but it will be (laughs) but for me I think it was so true to life because it wasn't like you know I went to a thing and there were people with bulges in their pants and then there were there were cocks in all my holes like although those stories are great but it, it it represented real life you know, you're yeah. going about your day, you know, your shit is your shit and it's kind of unique to you and maybe not perfect. And then suddenly there's fuck and, and in a very realistic context. And I really like that. So I, I kept wondering the entire time I was reading it, how did you have uh, some sort of grasp into somebody who is so not like you in their physical body? And I just said, you know, like I figured you had to have like a friend or a relative of some sort that was, you know, mobility limited at the very least, because your knowledge really spoke of what it was like. Yeah. And, you know, like, obviously, I don't know exactly what it's like to be um, in a disabled body. But, right. you know, like, so all of that is completely projection. Like, I admit that 100%. Um, but yeah, like, I, I guess I didn't really even think of that, like when writing it, I really, really was just trying to like, I don't know, write about my grandfather. <laughs> as gross as that is in the context no, of No, I think it's but. sweet. Like, it, <laughs> it, it really... Uh, okay, readers, you have to get this book and read this story because you'll understand. It's fucking sweet. It really is. Um, and, just, you know, and for the record, grandparents make fuck too. Yeah. So it's completely okay. But that's It's not something that you're eroticizing something about My grandfather, grandfather was a huge perf. We oh, found pictures yeah. after he died. My grandfather was oh a my naked God. man. I was like, what? This is where I get the gene from. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think about this all the time. Is like one day, you know, if I, I, I haven't, I don't have any children now. And I still don't know if I will or whatever. But like. I think about it all the time that it's possible that one day I'm going to be like somebody's grandmother and they're going to know that I've been gang banged and, and that like, <laughs> you know, like I love anal sex and I, I just think it's, it's kind of weird to think of it like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, grandmas, ha- grandmas and grandpas and grandparents have to get their fuck on too. It's so true. maybe, yeah. maybe uh, this is my dream. This is my dream as a sexuality educator who tries to normalize every kind of, you know, sexuality mm-hmm. and not make it so taboo that we will nourish and nurture a generation. I'm getting all like, I need to put mm-hmm. on the, the inspirational music, a generation that won't think it's a big deal that their grandma's been gang banged. That is also my hope. And mm. You know, I, I think about that even, I think about having kids a lot and I, I do think, you know, I, I've spent my entire adult life basically doing whatever I want. I wanted to have sex on camera and I really wanted to like put my sexuality on display and like, it, it does cross my mind. Like, would it be so cruel to, you know, have a child and then one day that child is in middle school and his friends are going to be like, I saw your mom getting fucked on the internet. Um, 
but like, yeah, I, I do always come to that same exact conclusion that I hope that like, I would be able to raise a generation or a child that would, it wouldn't be so stigmatized and so taboo and it, they'd be so, you know, open about sexuality and non-judgmental that like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world that the mm-hmm. home did porn. Yeah. So I, I think about that a lot too. And that, that is also my hope. So talking about, you, you know, you doing what you do in your life and mm-hmm. family, what about your, like, does your grandfather, or I don't know if your grandfather's still in this world or not, but do, does your family know that you've written these stories and it was inspired by your grandfather? Like, how does your family feel about your career in general? Um, so my parents know, and I, I didn't tell them, um, they found out and, you know, I got in when I was 23, I was still young and dumb. I thought, you know, maybe I'll just do this thing and like, no one will find out, but obviously they found out like within (laughs) six months and, um, and you know, it, it, I'm an only child. My parents would have rather me do like literally anything else. You know, they're very old fashioned when it comes to sex. Um, we're the kind of family that like, if people are making out on TV, it's uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, like they would much rather me do anything else, but at this point now, 10 years later, they see that I'm happy, I'm healthy. I don't think they'll ever quite understand, you know, that I'm doing this because I want to and I love it. I, I think that's a little bit beyond them. Um, you know, they're just like not from a place and a time where like that was a thing or that was spoken about, I guess. Right. Um, but but they, they've come to accept it now. And I'm, I'm really close with my parents. Like I said, I'm an only child. So, you know, like it's, we're very close, but it's definitely not, they're not ecstatic that I'm doing porn. So I, I have a question. What's mm-hmm. a bigger feather in your cap? Having won 16 motherfucking AVN awards, you've been nominated for 38 or being on the family guy, which of those <laughs> is greater? Um, I mean, for me, like I, I won performer of the year in 2013. And for me, that was like a really big deal. And, you know, like awards in porn, it sounds dumb, right? Cause it's like literally a dick sucking award, but like at the same time, it's what I chose to dedicate my life to. It's, you know, the thing I've worked the hardest at in my whole life. And you know, like at the end of the day, I think it feels good to be like recognized for your hard work. And so for me, like awards are a big deal. Like I, um, to me, it, it is like really gratifying, I guess, to have won awards. Um, the family guy thing is awesome, but I don't, <laughs> I almost feel like, I don't know, that's almost an award in itself too, you know, like, um, I guess like they chose me as like the person to represent the industry in that episode. So, um, yeah, like I'm definitely really proud of that, but I don't think it, to me, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't compare to like winning the awards from, you know, my actual peers in my industry. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And just for those of you that don't know what AVN is, that is sort of like the The Oscars Oscars of porn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Sony actually gave away best uh, picture one year. Yeah, like 2015, 2014, 2014. That's a big one. That's the biggest one. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? What is my life right now? So, okay, we're going to take a break. But when we get back, we're going to talk about all sorts of other things, including I think what's going to come up is probably your butthole because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be right back. With Asa's butthole. I know you're fancy. And I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping, at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart or, well, other parts desire at lelo.com using discount code S-U-N-N-Y. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. 
Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too, if you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing! Castle Megastore. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money, you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my god, give me water, that was the best orgasm ever. And we're back with Asa and her butthole. And we're <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's more than that. You know, we're not t- I'm picturing us talking like on the other end of the phone, like this disembodied butthole, just like, like we're, we're sitting in separate chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could have a little butthole puppet. <laughs> that would be awesome. Have you ever, have you ever had uh, a cast of your butt of your butthole made by any of the sex toy companies? Yeah, um, many times. I have a flashlight. Um, you had a flashlight, and your real doll is incredible. Mm-hmm. My real doll is also a mold. Um, have you ever done it with your own real doll? No, I have not. I've done a photo shoot with her, and that's about it. I, it's impossible for me to talk about her without like referring to her as like a whole other person. <laughs> it's weird. Like I, it, she's so not an it to me. You know um, when I when I saw a picture of her because mm-hmm. she really is a person. I was like, holy shit! Like if yeah. I were looking, it looks so much like you. Yes. Did the first time you laid eyes on her, were you like, oh my God, like hairs on the back of your neck? This is weird. I'm looking at me. Like, a hundred percent, yes. And then, but the craziest moment was I did, um, I've done a couple of photo shoots with her, but I did one with Stacey Lee in New York. And, um, there were a couple of pictures where, like, I tried to guess which one was me and I guessed the wrong one. (gasps) (laughs) And then, like, like, upon closer inspection, like, yeah, I was like, okay, well, if I really look at, like, the arms, the arms are usually what gives it away, or, like, the fingers. Yeah, I could tell, but, like, on first glance, like, I I got the wrong one, and that, to me, really freaked me out. Wow. Um, yeah, but it, it's kind of cool. Like, I, I mean, it's cool that she's out there you know yeah and it's it, is it a turn on to you like hey people are fucking not only are people spanking to you but they're like actually fucking you all over the world a hundred percent yeah and i think that about my flashlight too like i just think it's it's such an honor <laughs> <laughs> like you could stop it and you can have like a calculator like right now how many people are fucking like some form of you like totally. right now you know 27.83 people are fucking you at this very second like no yeah like more than that though whenever anyone <laughs> says to me like oh that like i have a mold of you or whatever like i i'm honestly like honored is just like the only word that comes to mind like i'm so thankful that someone would do that <laughs> so yeah like it's um I, I love it and but the only thing that i am very terrified about with the fleshlight especially is like it feels so good like have you ever put your finger in one? Oh, oh yeah I, I have almost all well of them. he has a dick <laughs> I, I, have you, I have you yeah. upstairs <laughs> <laughs> you're like finger i'll do you one better <laughs> but yeah like it's um it feels so good that i'm kind of scared that it feels better than the real thing oh <laughs> have you had anybody that's had their dick in you and also in your flashlight i have the difference but like obviously they're gonna tell me you know the real thing feels better like wh- they right, have what a, asshole would be like answer. no yeah. sorry fake you better <laughs> exactly that's their only option so um yeah so I, i'll ne- i feel like i'll never know the real truth because i don't have a penis <laughs> so ken and i were had the honor of uh, reviewing evaluating i don't know the right word you in a showtime documentary that was the greatest porn stars of all time and thank so, you so much for that oh you're oh, welcome you you're know welcome. what it was funny because this was not a gimme in any way shape or form behind the scenes there was a lot of criteria as to who would be involved with this and which people were chosen and it was amazing watching your videos from the like the very first one that you publicly did all the way up until some of the more recent stuff at that time. Yeah, because you you've been in what like three hundred some odd. I think honestly, you know, like 
every number out there is like, I think, just kind of a guesstimate. I think it's around 500 right now. Holy, Holy shit. shit. Wow. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, we were like, I think we spent two days watching you fuck, like solid. Like, it was like, hey, you want to go out to lunch? Can't. I got more porn to watch. Like, you know, it's like we were watching so much porn. And there was one in particular that really was like, Oh, this is what made me love watching you. It was, and I forget the title of the the movie, but you were in a movie theater. Yeah, Insatiable. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my Insatiable. goodness. So, and that really cemented like you commanded. Like you weren't. I don't know when you when you see a lot of gangbangs, it's like the person who is the the pincushion because that's a word, listeners. The pincushion mm-hmm. in the gangbang is oftentimes looks like the one you know being used or being objectified and i was like you objectified every dick in that room they were all there for you and it was just amazing to me how hungry and how like in control and how uh, i don't even have the words you Thank were you. insatiable insatiable <laughs> Yeah, the title actually, like the director, the the title came after that scene. But, um, you know, like, honestly, I'm so like, in the least egotistical way possible, I'm so happy that you got to watch that progression. (laughs) Because I really do feel like, and I think you'll believe me when I say this, like, I really think I like found myself as a sexual person in that movie. And like, Mm. as silly as that sounds, because, you know, it's, it's the thing with porn is like it's always hard to say something like really profound or like or even express that it meant so much to me because at the end of the day it's porn so people are like oh haha it's just porn but to me like the that movie like really really changed my life and my outlook on everything in life that scene and also like the first dp scene you know, was it, it, it just, an accident? Your first DP it, scene, like yeah, it wasn't planned. Yeah, like What's the story. I, I wouldn't say accident. Well, I guess yeah, and a happy accident. But well, like, accident would be like she said. fell on a dick. I think it's a little <laughs> bit more planned than that. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like so. I knew that was technically my first anal scene um, because when we planned this movie, um, so like just for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, the the movie's called in- Asa Akira is Insatiable. It's the first one. And, um, you know, it was planned, it was put together as it was going to be a movie of five scenes of me and in it would be my first anal scene with Manuel Ferrara. And, um, and that was all planned. And so the scene that ended up being my first DP was one of the first scenes we shot in the movie. I had not done my first anal scene yet. And, um, so I went into it like knowing, you know, this is going to be for the movie that will have my first anal scene in it. And that scene was booked as a boy, boy, girl, vaginal scene. So, uh, you know, two guys and me, strictly vaginal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just, I don't know, like, just knowing that I was going to do my first anal for this movie, like, just kind of gave me the confidence and like this, like, mentality of like, anything can happen. And um, so like, I went into the scene, like, very, like, open minded and, I don't know, like one of the guys I had never met before, but I was just like super turned on. And I don't know, it just became this thing where I was like, they were both fucking me. And then at one point to the new guy, I was like, oh, just put it in my ass. And the next thing I knew I was getting DP'd. And and the director was um, this woman, Mason, who like I was very close to at the time. And like as it was happening, and I think it's in the scene, like she's like, just keep going. Like we won't put this in if you don't want, because, you know, in porn, a first DP is something that you can sell for a lot of money. Right. Um, and that was not in our contract. So she was like, but she knew like I was having like a, this really intense sexual experience. And she was like, just keep going. Like, we won't use this footage if you don't want to. So just like, it's fine. Like, I got you. And like, it was just the most magical thing. And honestly, like, I didn't think I would ever try DPs. So if I, that had not happened organically like that. I probably never would have tried it because I was honestly very scared. And right. I had this irrational fear that like the skin in between my pussy and my asshole would rip. Oh. So, 
So like, just like logistically, I was very scared of DPs <laughs> and, um, you know, and I ended up marrying that guy in that scene. Like that's where I met him. That's how magical the DP was. Yeah. I was totally cock drunk for like five years after that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but it just changed my outlook. Like I was kind of like, oh my God, I need to start going into things, not just porn, not just sex, but everything with like an open mind. And like, you never know, like. You never know what you're going to like until you try it. And yes, it just like really changed everything for me. And so like, I, you know, like, I don't know, like, I think I even cried in that movie because it was just like, it was, that it is was the best when you have dick me. so good. It brings you to tears. <laughs> 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 that, is, that is what we live for. Those, yeah. those few moments in life that you cry it's from true. the dick. And it's, it's, you know, it's almost like empowering, like how to be that vulnerable or to like allow yourself to be that vulnerable. And it, it was just, it just changed everything for me. And yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You had your first DP mm-hmm. and right now you're known for like, you are the anal queen. Were you, I, were you the anal you queen could, then? I, or? No, like I, I don't even like to say that because like, I, I think I'm an anal queen. Or you maybe you're the, you're the anal princess or the anal duchess. Yeah, like, like I, okay. I think there's a lot of anal queens. And okay. like, you know, I like to share that crown with like, there are, there are women who can take far more in their ass than I can. So I feel silly being like, I'm the anal queen. Right. I like, like you're the only one queen. in porn who has yeah. a, a butthole. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, after look at, having like, watched a bunch of Casey's videos, I can. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. I've seen her take something bigger than my arm in her ass. Right. Yeah. Like Casey Calvert, Phoenix Marie, yep. Kylie Ireland, like the OG oh, anal Kylie. queen. <laughs> yeah. um, Adriana Chechik. Like, yep. there's so many that, you know, I feel, I feel weird being like, I don't want any. I almost don't want any of them to think I'm like calling myself the one and only because <laughs> they can take so much more than I can. You're part of the anal royal right. court, yeah. your majesty. Yeah, I prefer And you that. all wear the, I don't know, the brown crown? Would that be? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. The, the rose crown. crown. <laughs> right, the rosebud crown. I'm into it. So, but d- you didn't start out that way. Like when you did no. your first DP scene, were you not even really really too much of an anal person at that point even like in your private life so like I so my first anal sex encounter was when I was like 21 and that was an accident and I believe that it was an accident like I know really it wasn't like oops wrong hole (laughs) no like it was a wrong hole situation but like (laughs) it happened so fast and like I really I believe him it wasn't he he could have convinced me to do it you know up until that point so Like, that would have been stupid for that to be his, like, way of doing, starting, (laughs) or opening that door, I guess. Uh, Opening the back door. But, like, so I was really turned off from anal sex. Like, it was so painful that I was like, I'll never do that. And I remember when I signed with my agent, Mark Spiegler, he is known for kind of representing mostly girls that do anal and kind of do it all. Mm -hmm. And um, I told him, I was like, you know, just so you know, I probably won't ever do anal. It's just not my thing. And then, um, and then right around that time, I started um, dating a guy who was really into pegging. So I was fucking his ass with a strap on like, all the time and like just watching the pleasure he got out of it I was like man I gotta give this another shot <laughs> and and I trusted him to like teach me how because you know he was so he is a fellow receiver yeah right. like he was experienced so like I really trusted that like he was gonna know how to like guide me through that and and I was right he was amazing at it And once I started really loving it in my personal life, I was like, all right, like, there is no reason I need to be, like, saving this for, you know, like, the guy I marry or anything like that. Like, I'm just going to go for it. So, yeah. And you went for it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, okay, you are huge. Like, you are one of the top, most well-known adult actresses out there. And you're one of the few very well-known uh, actresses that has longevity that's a woman of color which is mm-hmm. awesome now do you find or do you find it bothersome that mm-hmm. you get tokenized or whatnot because you're asian it used to bother me honestly like when i first got into porn like 
I mean, I, I understood what I signed up for. I know that everyone in porn is a search term and we kind of have to use what we got kind of thing. Um, and like every niche that you are can only help you. Um, so I definitely understood that, but yeah, like I, it was, it was annoying. Like it was annoying to always be the masseuse or the geisha or whatever. Um, but then like, yeah, I, I really came to embrace it after a while, especially with things like, and, and just so you know, I'm not trying to like plug my fleshlight over and over, but this is just an example. It's like <laughs> when I, when I got the fleshlight deal, like on it, to be honest, like, I don't think I deserved it yet then. Like I wasn't quite as well known or anything. And I think I got it. Honestly, they needed an Asian girl on their roster. And so, like, in a lot of ways, it really worked in my favor. Also, like, um, you know, Asian girls in particular are so rare in the industry. There's, at any given time, there's, like, five of us, which right. is exactly enough to make one movie. So you're almost, like, guaranteed work, because there will always be Asian movies, and there's only enough of us to make one movie, so you'll be in all of them. And then also, you know, they're always going to throw in that token in any regular movie. So you're guaranteed that work too. So there, and there's just like less competition and to a certain level, like I think it really helps. It, it certainly like helps my career being Asian, but it only helps to a certain amount. And then it kind of limits you. Right. Um, because you are, you know, people do like kind of only see you as that token. Right. Um, Do you find it crosses over then into real life? Like it might be okay if you're in control of it and you're like, mm -hmm. I know I'm a search term. I know what I'm signing up for. But mm -hmm. then it does it ever cross over into real life where people are pursuing you in a, in a more private uh, sense that that's what they're looking at? Does that happen? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like there's definitely, you know, the guy with yellow fever or like, you know, the, the guy from, you know, the guy from Utah that randomly speaks three Asian languages. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, there's that guy exists for sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I mean, anyone I'm dating, like I don't want him to like me for one thing. only. Right. So like, I mean, I don't care if like a guy is really into Asian chicks like that. I think if anything, that's flattering. Um, but yeah, like no matter who it is, I want him to be, into more things about me than just one, especially right. if that one thing is like appearance. Yeah, sure. I always reiterate, and I'm doing this for the listeners, like mm -hmm. sexual objectification is really cool if that's your thing, as long as it's consensual. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be objectified just because you want to objectify me. I want to be objectified because I'm like, I want you to objectify me that way. And it's a mutual thing. Totally. As opposed to like, you're, you just see one thing when you look at me and you don't see all of me. That's kind of shitty. Right. And I, I think that that's, yeah, like, that's really nice to hear it put like that. Um, yeah. And I, I think anything is nice. It's okay when it's on my terms. Right. Right. Um, and it's hot when it's on my terms. But when it's not, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and I guess that goes for like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, even like rape fantasy. Or, exactly. Oh, yeah. Know? Like if I'm in control of that, it's hot and right. you know but if you're in control of that then it's rape then it's like, rape no. <laughs> like, it's actual it's rape not yeah. A fantasy. yeah right right so you recently i have learned that you have a podcast now what's this mm -hmm. all about so um this is I, i've had a bunch of podcasts um the one i'm on right now is through barstool sports it's called super curious and it's me and my co-host glennie balls um and <laughs> we um we're like quite opposite in a lot of ways. Um, he is a 21 year old college student from Long Island. And he's like, he's basically a 45 year old man stuck inside a 21 year old's body. <laughs> um, and I love him. And, you know, he, we um, have a lot of like, you know, we just have very different opinions on a lot of things, but we're also a lot alike. And we just interview people that we're curious about. So we did like, um, an episode on um, the Church of Satan. Or like, Yay! I mean, not, you know, that's just as, as exciting. <laughs> now people yeah. are like, she's a Satanist. I'm never listening to this podcast again. But, <laughs> or people are like, hey, she's a Satanist. I'm going to listen. But I just, I think the topic is exciting. It's so. so exciting. And like just things, you know, we don't really know about. We did an episode on reality television. Um, what did you learn about reality television? You know, 
we we've done a few different reality television ones because there's so many different kinds. Like we did one on The Bachelor, um, where we had Olivia Caridi, uh-huh. who was a former contestant. Um, and then we've also done one on just like um, general reality shows, like Vanderpump Rules, and we had Jacks. Um, Jacks, his last name is slipping my mind, but Jacks from ba- Vanderpump Rules on. Okay, and it's just like it's um it's kind of cool to see like how the different shows all like do production like you I think on one hand I think everything's fake and then on Mm -hmm. the other hand I want to believe everything's real but I guess the truth was like somewhere kind of in between that yeah um it was especially interesting to hear about how the bachelor is produced and how how involved the producers are um in like like orchestrating like the right the drama and and like how much like how much of it is just like manipulated i I mean it's real footage none of it's scripted but like a lot of the contestants are just like given completely straight up like wrong information yeah producers on those kind of reality shows are more like drama engineers than they are actual i I have to say without like you know getting too into it or throwing anyone under the bus but when we shot our show sex with sunny megatron Mm -hmm. technically it's a it's an unscripted you know reality show but we're not tv producers so we got well, we are like now. Paired, well, no, we are now, but we weren't then. We got paired up with a bunch of hardcore reality TV producers that are like, everything's fake. We orchestrate everything. And we're like, no, it all has to be real. Right. Like, That's we thought point. reality TV was real. And we actually did make it real, which, like, mm-hmm. I thought I could, was amazed I didn't have gray hair. And, you know, by the end of all that, but we fought to, like, make it real. And it was it's pretty damn real. We did real. a good job. So we yeah. would find people that had the legitimate fetishes and then we would have them, you know, fuck because they wanted to, not because of, you know, somebody orchestrating a scene. So it came across. Right. Lying and manipulating and, and like putting them in a position. out there without trying to, to fake it. Exactly. Totally. Totally. What's your podcast called again? It's called Super Curious. And you Super can find Curious. it at and how Super did you, Curious. How did you meet a 20-year-old to do a podcast with? Like, so it's interesting. So he works at Barstool Sports, where I also work. And... um you know, it, it's, he was an intern when I started there a year ago and then he quickly became part-time and then full-time and now he's just my coworker. Did you all just say like, we should have a podcast and then we the company was got like, yeah. From day one. Yeah. He, um, he's kind of, uh, we just like really gravitated toward each other from day one. I don't know why. But um, he's like the guy like I'm excited to go into work to see and like, um, you know, like we eat lunch together and like he's he's definitely like my partner in crime at work for sure. Yeah. And so super curious. You just like each each episode is the topic of something you're super curious about, like random, random ass stuff. What is the weirdest episode you've done or the one that surprised you the most when you learned about stuff? Um, oh, man. We just did an episode on monogamy, and I think I found that particularly interesting because, like, it's something I think about a lot now. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I've I've never actually been in, like, a monogamous relationship in my adult life, but I do fantasize about it. Really? Um, yeah. Do you fantasize about it in a sexual sense or in a just a relationship this would be cool? Like, what is what do you mean fantasize? Both. Um, I, I, it's this weird thing of, like, lo- on a... I think, like, on a logical level, I don't believe in monogamy, or I shouldn't say I don't believe in monogamy, but, like, I don't believe that monogamy is, should be the norm, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's pretty unrealistic that we expect people to, like, have sex with one person for our whole lives the entire time we're married, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, like, I, I, find myself like I can't help it I just find myself like sexually and like relationship wise just fantasizing about like being with one guy who loves me so much and will be jealous when I have sex with anyone else and like he's only for me and like I I, I'm just very curious about like is that just ingrained in me from when I'm little like did society teach me to like you know idolize monogamy or like I I don't know like I just I've been really curious about these things so we interviewed um, a guy named Chris Ryan 
he wrote Sex at Dawn. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I was like, I know that name. Yeah. yeah. And he's like just like a really smart, fascinating guy. And so that's probably my favorite episode so far. It's not out yet. It comes out I'm, like in the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited because like when you said that, like all my geek, my geeky antennas went off in my brain. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm wondering if you fantasize about that because it's like, it's what we see in the Disney movies. I was just it's what say, we see in the like romance movies. It's what it's like all the bullshit that we've been fed. And, right. Oh God, yeah, I'm totally geeking out. I'm so with you on that. So, right. do you solve some of those during the episode? Like, yeah, for sure. Questions? Like, there was. I definitely got a lot of insight into like. So, like you know, um, according to Chris Ryan, um, he basically he says like monogamy. Back in prehistoric times, like we were, you know, there's this myth that it was like one man, multiple women, and men had to spread their seed and blah, blah, blah. But like the truth is actually that in prehistoric times, we were all promiscuous. So like within a village, like everyone was having sex with everyone, not just the men with multiple women. Um, and like, because, you know, it's almost like, and then one woman would sleep with multiple men, and then when she got pregnant, the whole village would raise the child. Oh, as it takes the, a as village. Right, it takes a village. And so, like, paternity wasn't really a thing, um, and it just, like, didn't really matter. So everyone was sleeping with everyone. And then, you know, once agriculture was introduced, that's when, like, the concept of property, personal property became important. And then all of a sudden paternity mattered because, you know, men wanted to ensure that they were supporting their own family. And that's when monogamy came into play so that men could ensure the paternity of their children. So it, and, and you know, like, again, he's not, he's not necessarily pro or anti-monogamy or whatever. Like he's just saying the reason maybe that we want to have sex with multiple people is because that's how we were. And that was our natural way of being. Hmm. So I'm going to keep an ear out for that one. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. very, very, that's, that's where my, my sex geekiness Lives. Definitely read the book. It was amazing. Oh, I have. It's been oh, okay. a few years, though. You're making me want to reread it. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, so read Sex at Dawn. It's oh, such a good book. Such a good so book. So good. Yes. So we've come to the end of our time already, which uh, it's hard to believe. Where can people find you? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Asa Akira. On Instagram, I'm at Asa Hole. Um, <laughs> I'm also Hole. at Asa Hole 3 and Asa Hole 5. Um, <laughs> so is it because you love your butthole so much and using it you want to have more or like why do you have so many well holes? <laughs> i've been this is my seventh time on instagram i just keep getting deleted um do you you get deleted because so, i i was on your instagram and you're like verify mm-hmm. with the blue check mark will they still now i you? am okay. um you know honestly like i i haven't they haven't deleted me since i've been verified but yeah, and like I don't even post anything that crazy. Like I see other people right. posting like pictures and songs and stuff, and I don't really do that. But um, yeah, so I just have backup accounts, and then also whole three is for selfies only. Oh, <laughs> now I have to follow yeah. all of them because I think I'm following the one. So my feed is going to be full of also whole. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. And then you can buy the book Osserotica on Amazon or. Um, wherever books are sold cool and r- yeah. really quick since we i don't i think we kind of glossed over it your first two books are what uh the first one is actually titled insatiable and oh. the second one is dirty 30 okay and they're bo- are they're both memoirs yeah okay and then i i do have another question now because i was going to ask you this because i loved your your story so much and how you set up those characters do you have any plans to do like a fictional novel because i think you'd be kick ass at it oh thank you so much i am trying um but it's it's really hard i've actually you know even before i wrote the last memoir like i wanted to do a fiction novel and it's it's just it's very hard um you know it's i i haven't completed one yet but i am trying so um it's in the works who knows if you know anything will ever come of it but i am writing so Yay. Well, I hope it does. I hope, I hope one day I will be reading your, your fictional novel of some great story. Thank you. To be known. So thank you so much. We really enjoyed talking to you. And, uh, yeah, listeners, please go out and get 
that book, Osserotica. Yeah, it's Buy really good. Book. And if you missed any of the, you know, the, all the holes or any of the addresses or places, don't worry. All of that is in our show notes at SunnyMegatron.com and AmericanSexPodcast.com. And Asa, thank you. Thank you so thank much, you. Asa. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.